Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we're back. It is Dave, the IT guy here on Bring Your Own Security Radio. And the name of our guest tonight, you probably already know, you've heard him on this show before. And if you live around the greater Cincinnati, hell, if you live around the country, because this dude's like a traveling genius, he goes everywhere and talks about everything. So, Matt Shearer, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Dave. It's great to be on this show, as always. I'm excited to be here. So, pretty soon, we're going to have to start giving you a paycheck, because we, uh, we call you and say, come on, get on the air with us, have some fun. But uh, it's always fun to talk to local people for me because the greater Cincinnati area has such great IT uh, security hacker type talent um, doing such great work and research. Um, it, it's amazing how much you know people think uh, you know out in LA or possibly uh, north up around San Fran or up into Seattle or some of the other tech centers, but they forget here in the Midwest, Cincinnati is like tech hub i mean what is that your same vision of what you think cincinnati is about yeah absolutely it's something that uh, i've seen grow uh, really on fire uh, the last few months uh, i've really seen a big interest in it it's been building over time and uh, you know it's pretty well exploded in fact you're talking about some of the local talent uh, had a uh, good friend and uh, our Cincinnati chapter of the ISSA vice president, Micah K. Brown, in to give a talk. Uh, I called it Level Up Meeting Night in January. He did a talk called Doing Simple at Scale, which was about how to implement the first six CIS controls using open source, free source, and home-built tools, so essentially free stuff to uh, answer the uh, the first six CIS top 20 controls, and then uh, Mark Jamujan with uh, SANS. He's a SANS instructor. Uh, he also does some other things, but uh, he gave a talk on how to save time with modern search techniques and to stop searching like it's 1999, which was cool to get some computer science in there and take advantage of you know multi-threaded tools and, and things like that to uh, find IOCs and, and things of interest within log files. And uh, I believe Mark is actually out in the Denver area, or at least will be soon with a teaching a science course out there. But uh, he is local, based in Cincinnati, and uh, he travels uh, certainly well himself. And uh, they're both fantastic speakers, and we had a huge crowd on hand for that. Uh, we had well over three dozen people in attendance. Well, and unfortunately, I was not one of them. I know that Mike has sent me a copy of his uh presentation offline so that I could uh, play catch-up. I hate missing that uh, security group meeting. And so for those of you that are in Cincinnati, uh, Matt here hosts the SIMPA uh, Security Interest Group based in uh, greater Cincinnati. Um, I'm going to butcher this, but third Thursday of the month, starting right about 6, 6.30. Depends on how early you can get there. But uh, if you haven't 
if you haven't looked at Matt or the Cincinnati Security Interest Group on the web uh, before this episode is over, you will know exactly where to go look because it is constantly, just like Matt was talking about, the presenters are awesome. The topics range from entry level to I need my notebook to take notes. Um, doesn't matter what skill set you have, you'll certainly learn something. So, um, you know, before Matt's got a pretty good announcement for tonight, and I'm going to kind of hold that in our hip pocket for a minute. You know, Matt, we, I, I briefly alluded to the fact that you're traveling and, and going out and, and speaking, and you've done a different, quite a few different presentations around um, conferences that I've been to and some that I haven't. You know, before we get into some of the topics that you've been talking about, I'd like to kind of throw a curveball to the extent of now that you're doing a lot of conferences, and because of this show, I've been to a lot of conferences, I'm starting to see, like you said, you, you kind of know people and you kind of bump into people. How hard is it to keep whatever content that you're going to try to present fresh so that as you start bumping into the same people over and over, you know, they still want to come see what you have to say versus, oh, I've seen that one, I'm going to go somewhere else. Yeah, I think, uh, and I certainly do give some, some repeat performances of some of my talk topics, uh, but they're generally not within the same geographic, geographic re region, even if they are. Um, realize not everybody gets a chance to see things on the, uh, on the first opportunity, but uh, usually I'm up against, some really good talk topics and other speakers anywhere I go speak. So if it's something that somebody has seen before, I, you know, even if they're a really good friend, I have no qualms if they go check out some other talks, uh, particularly if they, they know the material I've given. Uh, so in terms of the topics, I don't know. People ask me all the time where it comes from. I think in the early days of the, when I took over the Simpa Security SIG group that we've talked about, I had to really struggle to come up with new interesting talk, topic ideas. You guys try, I was trying to grow the group, trying to make us prominent and uh, you know, bring us to the forefront. And the only way I could figure to do that was, hey, I just got to have compelling meeting topics every month. And so I think it was just the process of exercising that. And from those early times of struggling, what's going to make a good talk topic, what's going to bring people in, what's going to make people want to come back, because you're only as good as your last performance, and when you have a small group and they don't have a large sample size to go by, you can't have too many off nights, uh, or your group's just going to dissolve, and I think that er those early struggles have given way to where now I have more topic ideas than I can ever possibly get to, um, so Really, it's a scheduling thing when I have time to work on new material. Uh, I've already got several things in my head that I would love to sit down and actually do, and it's just really <laughs> struggles finding the carve-out time to do that. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned, uh, you know, trying to find new topics. You know, as a visitor to uh, your events, it always seems like uh, it's pretty easy. So uh, I'll give you some credit to that by looking, by making it look simple, right? Just like they do on the, the big stages of uh, movies and things. You make it look effortless uh, putting these things together. So kudos to you for that. I think that um, over the next, over 2020 at least, um, 
it, it seems like things are changing from the IT security perspective. Um, things like, you know, new NIST just put out their new privacy framework a few days ago and um, talking about CIS 20 and even the company I worked for, we're trying to implement that. And the way some of these vulnerability companies are looking at vulnerabilities now, getting away from top 25 mentality, that sort of stuff, you know, not wanting to call out where you work, but in the, the financial sector of the world that you work in, how has things changed over the last year about what maybe was important versus what's important now? It's a great question. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those interesting things to think about. So some of the concerns are, you know, ransomware was riding really high for a while, and then it kind of took a bit of a dip when you started seeing more crypto jacking and stuff like that. Well, now it's right back on the forefront of everybody's radar uh, with a lot of the most recent newsworthy uh, breaches, uh, ransomware, and just, you know, causing everywhere from municipalities to, you know, small businesses just folding up um, those stories are unfortunately all over the news, uh, so those are always on the forefront of everybody's minds, uh, you know, very high on the radar. Uh, and then there's there's other things. So we've had a lot of changes within privacy laws, and uh, data governance has now come more to the forefront as a result. So things like classifying your data, knowing where your sensitive data is, um, and also uh, looking for DLP, trying to figure out where data could be leaking from. Uh, all of that stuff has now become more important, uh, certainly within the financial sector, but I imagine a lot of other business segments as well are sort of catching up to try to meet the demands and requirements uh, with these new privacy laws. Uh, so that's another area of focus that I think uh, has come up more recently than in the past. Yep, I can certainly agree with uh, California's new CCPA laws, uh, kind of modeled after uh, the UK's GDPR. Um, companies that you know might just have um, a subsidiary, or a subsidiary, I can't even talk, or a, an office out in California. Now, all of a sudden, all these rules apply to you because you might have a salesperson out there or something along those lines. Now, your entire company has to make changes um, that you might not have anticipated a year ago or two years ago. So I agree. And I also agree that I think data classification has been something that a lot of companies kind of skim over, don't realize the importance of classifying what their data means to them and, and how they should treat it uh, based on what it could do to them or might not do to them. So yeah, there's all definitely good things that are changing, or not good things, but things that are changing, hopefully, for the better. You know, you mentioned the ransomware kind of spiked up, kind of went away and kind of came back. You know, it, it's funny, funny to me, you know, like odd sense, not in a humorous, that when ransomware really took its big hit, everybody was educate your staff, educate your staff, educate your staff, and your people are the worst channel into you. And then all this know before and all these other companies start doing all this education or start selling it, I mean, and people were buying it, educating staff, and now it's coming back. And at our company that I work for, 
we jokingly said, hey, we did all this great training a year and a half ago. Now, whatever, 10% of our workforce is gone. So now we have 10% that's never been trained, and now they're opening up these gaps all over again. So how do you address the frequency of how you need to train your people versus, you know, just being redundant and cumbersome? Or is it just the nature of the beast? Yeah, I think it's definitely a balancing act. And so some of the challenges you run into are even the people that are still there, that they haven't looked at the stuff and thought about it really hard in the last year and a half. Um, a lot of them probably forgot some of the stuff that they learned during that training, um, which may have been fantastic training at the, the beginning. But, uh, I, for example, I would struggle to remember exactly what I was doing around a year and a half ago at this time. Um, we all have busy lives, so I imagine a lot of people are in that same boat. In the user community, it's the same thing. They sort of maybe let their radar down a little bit. Uh, they get busy in their day-to-day. Things slip. Uh, I think really the, the best things you can do are to make sure that you're doing continuous education. Uh, and then also there are some other um, things, um, such as test fishing campaigns, to try to identify the folks that maybe uh, have a little less operational security awareness and help sort of bring them up to speed and get them, you know, looking and thinking. Uh, I know I work with an individual that uh, does that type of type of work where I'm at um, and has done a really good job of, uh, you know, sort of improving that situation uh, at the organization I work for. And so I think those those kind of things are, are critical and important. Um, it's it's always a tough battle. Uh, you don't want to obviously beat people over the head with it. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Make them resentful um, or, you know, go overboard on it. It's, it's really tough to find that right balance. Um, but I think that's sort of what you want to try to strive for is to try to figure out what that is and uh you know i think that uh things that are negative and punitive in nature of sort of at least a lot of the talks i've sat in on and things that i've heard and read that uh those tend to be a little less helpful than when there are incentive programs um and i've even sat in on talks where folks talk about gamifying their fishing things and so they start rewarding people maybe it's a little gift card for you know, a random drawing of people who reported a uh, a test phishing email, and 
you know, sort of pass those tests with flying colors, things like that, um, have had a track record of success where I've heard that they've been implemented, so that might be something that uh, worth checking into or considering. Yep, we gave out echo shows for the top three people to uh, the top three scores on the different um, security training modules. So overall, the top three scores got an echo show, and then the next like ten people got fifty dollar gift cards to a grocery chain and other things. So yeah, we we certainly have taken that approach as well to try to get people interested enough to want to at least try. Yeah, that's, those are good incentives. Although I didn't win, it's one of those things. Like it's like it's like being Pat Sajak, man. I can spin the wheel, but I can't win any prizes. So I don't know. <laughs> um, so so let's let's change over. So now that we've talked about some of the things that are just kind of going on um, over the last year, you know, last year you and I were at Black Hat and DefCon together, and uh, we get to see what different people are doing and. We ended up down uh, for the last DerbyCon together down there, and we got to meet other people and see what was important to them. What's the kind of things that you've been going out and talking about over the last year that, that you felt like was important enough that you needed to, to teach or talk about? Oh, that's a good question. So I've done just different things. Uh, one of the things I like to try to do is figure out creative ways to um, find time in the seat um, I've also tried to find creative ways to get people um, started off in the right direction, and I, I've been approached a lot for career advice and so forth. Um, so in the past year, in July, in Dayton, I gave a, a talk called Continuous Skills Improvement for Everyone, and it was really to help people you know, sort of find their way to that first opportunity, which is always the hardest one to get in information security. seems like once you have that, then you can go just about wherever you want. After that, uh, it's for individuals who might be struggling to get their first bit of experience, but also for the, you know, people that are, have been working in information security for a little while uh, to continue to improve their skills and develop and stay marketable, um, not just sort of rest on laurels but and be the nine to fiver who, you know, doesn't go to conferences or events or, you know, really do a whole lot within the industry outside of their day to day. Um, but hopefully inspire them to want to stay active and uh also take an active role in mentoring others. Uh, I think that really is important to maintaining a passion for what you're doing is to share that with others. And uh, there were some important things I tried to touch on that I don't hear talked about a lot in the industry and uh, things that get overlooked like soft skills and uh, emotional intelligence quotient, EIQ, emotional intelligence, things like that, and encouraging folks to uh, put themselves on a path to that. Um, so that was sort of an interesting talk because it wasn't technical. There's no dazzling demos, I think. Most of the talks I'm known for are pretty technical and often feature live demos uh, because I'm crazy and I do live demos. But uh, for myself, what I've tried to, what, what people really seem to enjoy a lot is when they can do time in the seat type of things. Um, so 
one of the ideas I came up with uh, was sort of a, a plan B for my December meeting was a uh, password cracking workshop uh, and then do, do some schedule reshuffling for something we'll touch on a little bit later. I uh, ended up having to sort of recast the uh, Simpa Hackers Night schedule, which is the first Wednesday in December. and it's the, well, December 4th was the 20th anniversary of that. So I had this password cracking workshop for later in the month, and I tried to think, well, what's sort of related to password cracking, but not exactly the same thing, and that's when I got the idea that I should demo past the hash attacks using Metasploit, and so it was really just uh, working through that to uh, build an insider threat storyboard just to kind of make it fun and, and light, and uh, keep people interested, and uh, it, uh, it, sure there's some over-the-top humorous elements in there, but uh, everybody agreed in the room that the scenario I pitched was highly plausible. Um, there were a lot of consultants in the room that have seen those very scenarios that I had laid out, and so it definitely was not out of the ordinary, wasn't far-fetched, and uh, yeah, at the end, of course, was a live demo and, and compromising a system using pass the hash techniques and then from there dumping out hashes on the other system to all of a sudden get hashes for other accounts in the environment, uh, things like the database administrator account, which from there, <laughs> if you have a, an environment that's vulnerable to that type of attack and you get the DPA account, uh, at that point you pretty much have the keys to the kingdom. And it was also to demonstrate things like lateral movement and so forth. So went from that to about two weeks and an evening later than actually doing the password cracking workshop, which was a ton of work <laughs> to put that together. I want to say that's about the third and a half workshop I've put together. So fortunately, I've gotten pretty good at it, uh, especially compared to my first one, and uh, pretty much pulled it off without a hitch. And for your listeners that feel like, hey, that sounds like pretty cool stuff. Um, look into the utilities we use, which were John the Ripper, FCrackZip, Hashcat, and uh, Hydra that were the uh, some of the tools we used for that. Uh, for anybody that um, wished they could see the um, pass the hash attack live, you can actually look on Offensive Security's website at their free Metasploit Unleashed class, and really that exercise comes right out of there. I mean, I did some customization in my demo environment that isn't in there, but otherwise it's the exact same steps. I was just going to say it sounds a little bit like uh, Metasploit, but the reality is that um, all these uh, tools that have a lot of combined stuff, being able to learn um, the individual skills associated certainly makes uh, the bigger picture um, much better, you know, being able to figure out if I'm doing X and I need to do Y, maybe the one tool in its entirety doesn't do the job, but it has a piece. And then I learn a piece of this other tool to do a specific task. And yeah, you might be tool hopping and or jumping from VM to VM or whatever the case might be, but if you're truly after a very specific piece of data. I mean, that just might be the, the only way to do it. And um, although I haven't seen your specific 
hash the hash presentation, having seen it within that environment, um, I, I would love to see how you kind of took it and made it your own. So I'll be looking for the replay of that one. Yeah, we'll see if I give it somewhere. And again, that one really came straight out of the Metasploit Unleashed guide. Um, so other than some minor customizations, it's it's almost verbatim, uh, that exercise. Uh, I didn't spend a whole lot of time reinventing that wheel, but I did actually put a lot of time into building up the storyboard of a fictitious company and uh, <laughs> uh, a fictitious villain and a uh, not-so-fictitious uh, um, <laughs> hero of the... Uh, of the series, uh, somebody we personally know. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, well, I can tell for the listeners that don't know Matt, um, when we were out at Black Hat and DEF CON last year, we had a, a, a private townhouse that we had rented to stay in Vegas. And uh, Matt would get up early before going out to any of the events or any of the presentations and work on that past the hash presentation actually last year out in Vegas, and uh, when we came back at night, he'd stay up for a little bit and work on it some more. He really was kind of stressing about how well to make it, so um, even though he's very calmly saying that he didn't do a lot of things here and there, but he put a lot of effort in something else, I can tell you he put a lot of effort in all of it, because I watched him do it in the midst of me trying to figure out which next Cisco party to go to, He's talking about creating a presentation, so hats off to you. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, well, thanks. Hey, sort of funny, yeah. A lot of people had uh, maybe a little more fun, did a little more cooler things than I did because I was off in a corner uh, trying to build up a presentation. Actually, it wasn't the past the hash one, though. It was a uh, my latest talk I've been giving called Lend Me Your IRs. And, oh, yeah, uh, that's right. Know, that is. Uh, yep, you're right. Uh, no worries. Yeah, and uh, if you don't mind me talking about that and what that is, nope. not um, been giving that talk at a few places here and there, and uh, it's been well, very well received anywhere I've been given. Um, maybe not the um, places that shot down my CFP, but uh, <laughs> the conferences that didn't uh, are definitely uh, looking like geniuses because it's been so well received and people have just raved about it and I've had phenomenal feedback. Uh, so what that talk is, it's really my three favorite incident response and digital forensics and incident response investigations. And uh, I call it Lend Me Your IRs just because I wanted to get a little Shakespearean with the title. Um, and also I do ask folks at the end, hey, share your own incident response stories with me because I love the in-the-trenches war stories. So I hope other people do too. But there's three scenarios in there. So these are live demo reenactments. And it's kind of funny because I didn't think at the time I was doing these things, hey, this would make a good talk topic someday. So I never kept any of the artifacts or whatever, but the stories stuck in my head because these weren't the day-to-day, -day, you know, normal script kitty stuff or the things you see, you know, the, your, your typical phishing campaign that just looks the same, only a little different here or there. Um, these were the things that were a little bit out of the ordinary that uh, I spent a little bit of time and not that I like that the malicious threat actors out there are trying to compromise us, but, you know, there is a little bit of, you know, like, oh, that's 
kind of a clever twist I've not seen before, and I had to spend a little extra time on it than that. So the three scenarios, the first one is called the mystery attachment, which is um, about a uh, document file, um, Microsoft Publisher file of all things, uh, that was received by somebody and then what my investigation was. And the whole idea behind the, the talk was that these are live demo reenactments, but they go really deep because I actually show the attack side, the code that makes them work, how they were put together, what they do, as well as the investigation side and the tools and utilities I'm doing. And it's live right in front of the audience. The second one is on security scanner With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Asian. And uh, so I made my own uh, sample phishing emails. If I had to do over again, I think I would actually have saved the artifacts from the original attacks. But not thinking at the time, hey, I might want to talk about this stuff someday. I had to kind of recreate this stuff from memory. So it was a little challenging, but, uh, you know, put that together uh, to show how that worked. Uh, some interesting stuff. And then the third scenario is called the rabbit hole, which were just the most layers of obfuscation uh, I actually hinted at on one of your shows in the past that uh, sort of unraveling each stage of that to ultimately figure out what was happening. And then at the end of each scenario, I talk about what the remediation steps were to resolve those. Um, so the next place I'm going to be giving that talk is going to be at the Ohio Information Security Conference, OISC in Dayton, Ohio. And that's going to be on March 11th. Uh, there's also a lot of other really good speakers lined up there. So... Anybody can make it. Uh, I highly recommend that conference. Um, it's one of my favorites to go to. Um, and then uh, some of us will probably go hang out at the Troll Pub in downtown Dayton afterwards. Is there a downtown Dayton still? <laughs> hey, there's guys yeah, and a it's a tough time between whatever economic thing, but then the tornado that came out, I mean, man, they've had a rough couple of years up there. Yeah, it's uh, well. And of course, there is the the newsworthy uh, shooting that happened in the Oregon district, which is not too far from where the troll pub is. But the Oregon district is still, you know, a great place. Um, and it's hard, but you know, I have a lot of friends in Dayton. I've got some connections to Dayton myself. But uh, you know, you still have to still have to live your life if you want to enjoy it. Yeah, so, no doubt about that. Uh, shootings, shootings happen everywhere. Military bases, U.S. outside the U.S. It, you know, it's it's unfortunately it's a way of not a way of life, but it's a, a fact of life, is what I should say. Um, no, that's too bad. Um, before we uh, 
finish off with you, though. So you've got so we talked earlier on about that your meeting happens uh, the third Thursday of every month. Um, usually you're booked up pretty far in advance. I know you've been working pretty hard. You had a guest for December. Things changed. Um, you rebooked some other people, made it great. And then now here we are peaking at the first week of February coming up. So that means in three weeks is your next group meeting. So what is on the agenda for that meeting? <laughs> so as you've alluded to uh, from an earlier announcement on your show, I uh, had to do some rescheduling. Uh, that's sort of a fact of life when you run a group like I have. I think my January meeting was like my third different set of speaker lineup. Um, but it was a fantastic plan C that kind of came together. Um, so the individual that was going to be speaking at our De the December Hackers Night meeting uh, had to unfortunately reschedule uh, for reasons I can't get into without committing a minor HIPAA violation, and we don't want that on a security program, certainly. Uh, <laughs> so... We have him rescheduled for our February meeting, which is Thursday, February 20th, 2020. So 02-2020. 02-2020. I can't say that. What was that? Did you plan that? I didn't, actually. It's just funny how that works. A lot of zeros and twos, and I'm having a hard time uh, saying it myself. But, uh, yeah, it's a, a really good speaker. Uh, Hopefully most of your audience knows one Mr. Dave Kennedy because that's who our speaker is coming down from the Cleveland area. Of course, a lot of folks will know him for being a co-founder of DerbyCon and uh, founding TrustedSec and Binary Defense and co-authoring uh, you know, penetration testing with Metasleep Book and the, being involved in the penetration testing execution standard and social engineering toolkit and a whole lot of other tools and utilities. And if he, anybody has watched uh, cable news in the last couple months, they've probably seen him on all sorts of channels uh, being interviewed for information on the latest um, threats out there um, in information security. So super happy to have Dave coming in and uh, it seems like it's maybe one of the worst-kept secrets because I'm seeing people show up on the attendee list. I have no idea who they are, first-timers, but we love those first-timers. And, I mean, even looking at who some of the attendees are, like, that's exciting just to be in the same room with them. You had Dave Kennedy on top of that. Man, I don't know what gets, how it gets any better than that. I think that bar is about as high as it can possibly go. You know, and that's exactly what I was trying to allude to early on about you know, the talent, I know I said Cincinnati, but, you know, the reality is this region, you know, between Ohio, Lexington, Louisville, Indianapolis, Columbus, and, and if we have to, we'll say Cleveland. Um, but, you know, the, the, the sheer amount of talent in this region, in the security hacker space, is unbelievable. And, and like you said, when you mentioned Dave's, you know, his short resume there that I mean the stuff that he's done already and I guess he had some and I have to admit that I didn't see it but I understood he had some kind of 
cameo or something on Mr. Robot, or somehow his name was mentioned. Is that? Do you remember what that was? Mr. Yes. Robot? So there's a uh, a scene in there where uh, the uh, central character is being tracked down um, by individuals. He sort of ducks into a conference room in the middle of a meeting. And he's dressed a little bit out of place, and since none of the meeting attendees recognize him, there's an awkward silence and staring at him. And then he, you know, they try to engage with him, and he's fumbling around his phone, like, hold on, I'm finishing up this email, and, and sort of trying to deflect, and it's not really working. And so he says, oh, you don't remember me? I'm Dave Kennedy. We met at such and such. And so that was uh, the Mr. Robot uh, and I believe Dave is a consultant for for that show, actually. So they sort of did that in honor of him. Uh, it's a very good scene. I've it's been a while since I've seen it, but yeah, he's uh, certainly very well known and respected across the industry. So when we get somebody of that caliber to come in and just hang out for us with an e- or hang out with us for an evening in Cincinnati, uh, we're definitely happy to have them yeah there's no doubt um being able to have spoken with him last year at black hat of course and then uh down at DerbyCon this year even though he was trying to put on the best one he could for his last one uh he still took time out to to talk to folks and uh good great event good dude uh great company so not many bad things you can say to my knowledge um i guess i don't know him that that well personally but from the outside looking in, he's definitely somebody to get to know from this world anyway. So, amongst many others, of course. And you've got quite a few other uh, things coming up, too. I mean, you, you're booked out through, what, June, May, June, even July already, right? I mean, you've got some topics and some guests coming up that are um, not your standard fare. You're, you're talking about, uh, I know your March meeting is something that we talked about briefly already uh, about managing insider threats. And, of course, everybody in the security world has heard that term. But I wonder what most people have done to actually manage that threat. You know, I wonder how many, especially like a medium-sized company that's got limited IT staff, has done or could do with the time and the resource available. So I'm looking forward to hearing how that is uh, presented and then I think you've got some, uh, uh, yeah, some API security. So that's whatever later in the year. I think June, May or June, June. That API security is such for me. It's the area of IT security that I, I am probably well. I don't want to admit being my weakest. Thankfully, I've got team members that are very strong with it that can cover my that gap, so to speak. Cover my gap. Uh, sounds like a military thing. Um, but what 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 is your experience with you know API security? Do you am I just that far behind the curve, or are most people back here with me? Um, how how bad is API security overlooked, or how often? Um, or again, did I just miss the boat? Yeah, as I understand it, it's definitely become more of a problem of late. Um, You're talking about trends, and I think part of the reason for that is we've seen so much stuff move to the cloud, whether you're talking about SaaS-style applications, 
things like that. So more and more things aren't within your own data center. So when that happens, you can only work with the data really the way it was envisioned, generally speaking. But how many times does an organization want to do something special with that data or something outside of the normal system that it's in, and they want to correlate that into other things they're doing, tie that into other things, uh, even just maybe doing some, some table joins and doing some creative stuff on their database to work with that information and so the answer has been, well, we'll give you an API, and you can use the API and, and set up your query and pull down your data this way you know, with REST calls or whatever it might be and work with your data outside of this application or this <clears throat> box that we put your stuff in, uh, use it for other purposes. And so it's been more of a demand as things have moved off-prem to be able to get that type of information or at least work with it externally. So what happens, I think, is that you get a lot of APIs created, and it's like anything. Whenever you introduce something new, the vulnerability footprint goes up because if there's a mistake that allows somebody to get the keys to the kingdom with the standard API that's built, then you know we talked about data leakage. That's one of the places where it absolutely can happen. So I think it's become a little more concerning um, of late. And uh, so uh, the topic that uh, our second speaker is actually going to be giving changed a little bit um, from the initial. So he's actually one of the leads on the OWASP ESAPI, ESAPI project. And so I figured the stuff he was going to talk about might be heavy towards that, um, but he, uh, after talking to some other individuals that we, we know, decided maybe he would go a little bit different route with that. Um, the first talk, and uh, honestly it's a mystery speaker at this point because the individual who actually fi found this for me, I don't know if they're going to want to give the talk or the one developer that routinely shows up to my group's meetings are going to want to do it, and if those guys back out on me, then I'm probably just going to do it myself, <laughs> which means I'm going to have to learn it. But uh, apparently the Tiredful API, it's, it's almost like a metasploitable box. It's an intentionally vulnerable API that can be exploited, but it's meant to use as a training tool um, to understand how these attacks can work and also to understand how the problems with it should be addressed in coding so that you don't actually have that type of stuff in production for your developers. So it's definitely an interesting topic. And uh, yeah, it's uh, our June meeting, which is the last meeting I have booked so far. Honestly, I've kind of turned a, down some interested parties for now um, while I try to figure out what we want to do in quarters three and four, but uh, I want to wait till we get maybe about this time in March before I start looking to book those later dates. Um, but yeah, the Insider Threat, it's a vendor coming in. They've got a really cool product, and it does some really neat stuff for Insider Threat stuff. Um, so I, I occasionally do bring in vendors because I like to know what's current and what's out there and what's available, but I really take a lot of time to filter and vet 
the vendors I do bring in and what they're going to talk about. And most importantly, I try to level set them with our group being a very technical InfoSec-focused group. Um, I really want people to walk away understanding how something works. We don't want death by PowerPoint sales and marketing fluff. Uh, we want the meat and potatoes of you know why their product really is cool and what it really does to help organizations, and uh, that's very important for my group to understand what those what those things are. And uh, yeah, the rest of the the time I've got uh, some really amazing stuff coming up. Uh, we've got uh, uh, one of the world leading threat researchers from a. Uh, threat company that everybody uh, would would instantly recognize. Um, they do some amazing work, and one of their threat research leads is coming in all the way from Austin, Texas, in our May meeting, uh, and he's actually going to hold off on even sending me what the topic is going to be exactly uh, until right bef- the evening before our, or the day before our April meeting so I can announce it then. That's how fresh and current they want to keep their content. Coming into Cincinnati all the way from Austin, Texas, which is another one of those tech hubs. So it's uh, really quite a coup. It was an individual I met at the uh, Secure World West Virginia, or I'm sorry, Secure West Virginia HackerCon X last year and was telling about my group. He wanted to come out and uh, that should be a fantastic meeting as well. I think I know who you're talking about down there in uh, Austin, and um, if it's who I think it is, I'll be looking forward to that as well. I can also uh, say without any any doubt in my mind that it's a good thing you are the third week of uh, the month and not the first week, because this year, Black Hat and DEF CON and Hacker Summer Camp is the first week of August. So yeah, we don't want to do anything that gets in the way of that. Definitely not. Uh, possible. But for those of you who are traveling around to different cons, make sure you check out Matt up in Dayton. And then um, you can also check him out on Twitter and other places. Um, before we let Matt go, we'll make sure they mention how to track him down. And if you do want to come in February to meet Dave Kennedy, from the sounds of it, you probably don't have much more chance to sign up. So you better hurry up and sign up before the seats are all gone. Um, pretty, pretty, um, I don't want to say limited, but it is going to be a limited space if it's uh, the usual spot, and which makes it cozy, and you're right there with everybody to just talk and enjoy the conversation. So um, it's a great setup to be able to not feel intimidated by others. You know, it's a great way to to just kind of hang out and talk and learn and eat pizza or whatever. What uh, Matt? What before we let you go? What is um, what? How do I want to phrase this question? Of all the things that we've been talking about, we've kind of bumped around between like some things that have changed and some things that are clearly the same. And and what what do you think is going to be? So you know, at the end of 2019, we all talked about okay, it's kind of the year of ransomware, is the year of you know, uh, fake videos and or deep fakes and things like that. So a lot of technology. You know, do you think with here in the U.S. that with elections coming up in November, that that 
that technology from the hacker world is going to really come into play, even if the U.S. elections are not hacked, air quotes. How much from our world do you think will end up in the political realm that the average non-tech person is going to have a hard time deciphering you know, deep fakes or misinformation campaigns or um, spam or, heck, maybe you open up a political thing and you do get ransomware. I mean, what, do you see 2020 being a, a big target year, bigger than usual, or about the same? Well, I suspect that there's, as we bring in more technologies, more people have access to technology. Um, I think the attack surface, you know, is is there, and also the willing combatants to get in on that are probably going to show up in droves. Um, the level of success they have is going to be dependent on, you know, just how stringent things are. Um, it, it's interesting because some systems can be hacked easily if you have physical access to the system. So, you know, it's, it's almost the low-tech physical security in some, you know, fashion that becomes important um, of, you know, just making sure that no unauthorized individuals have physical access to machines or, you know, the ability to mess with them. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be front and center. I, I don't think that's probably much question about it, at least in my mind, that uh, it's going to be a topic of discussion. Uh, it will raise general awareness, um, I think, as things get reported to non-technical crowds. Uh, it'll be interesting to see sort of what individuals will digest and what their takeaways will be or what their assumptions will be, um, either right or wrong. Uh, but, yeah, election years always tend to to bring those things up. Um, I think it, looking ahead at the horizon, uh, one of the concerns I have uh, across the country as a whole is now we have Windows Server 2008 and Windows 7, uh, essentially end of support, end of life, and uh, vulnerability management is going to be pretty crucial, in my opinion because those things are going to get targeted, and the longer those systems go unpatched, the more the vulnerabilities stack up, uh, the more people really need to have compensating and mitigating controls if they're not in a position to upgrade wherever possible. <laughs> that being said, people should definitely upgrade to supported software uh, if they can. And I understand there are situations where that's not always going to be possible. So. It's really going to take us as an industry a lot of diligence to keep an eye open for those sort of things. Um, I, I do like the fact that Microsoft has historically, if something's been egregious enough, even released it out of band for an unsupported operating system. Hopefully there's nothing so egregious we, we see that happen. But it's certainly within the realms of possibility, and if that does happen, then people need to be ready to patch those systems if they see that type of an update out in the news. So it's uh, a year of uh, <laughs> a lot of possibilities, and uh, we're going to be on top of our games. Yeah, no doubt. I am, uh, in a very sick sense, I'm very kind of looking forward to seeing 
what happens and what opportunities for investigation and research I'll get out of the deal. So um, it's a little self-serving, but um, not that I want anything bad to happen, but on the other hand, I kind of want something cool to happen, and I don't know how to define cool, so I won't uh, get too deep into that. But All right, before we get going here, our time's almost over. Matt, tell folks how to find either your SIG or you specifically or however you want people to seek you out. Sure, absolutely. So for the meetings we've talked about, uh, if you go to meetup.com and <clears throat> pull up the Tech Life Cincinnati group and pull up the events page, and from there, you can pull up the calendar, and every third Thursday, uh, just click on that. You should see the Simpa Security SIG. If you're going to come to our meetings, all I ask is that you do register. Our meetings are free to attend. Uh, we just need a head count because oftentimes I'm getting a vendor to sponsor food and beverages, and we need to get an accurate head count to make sure everybody gets fed and nobody walks away hungry. So that's important. Uh, but... Also, that's where all the meeting, individual meeting details are. So if something looks interested and you're in our area, definitely come check those out. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at C3RKAH, and I always have my stuff posted there for the security SIG meetings, any places I'm speaking at, uh, either locally or somewhere else around the country. Uh, those things I, I tend to list out there, um, pretty active on that front. Uh, you don't see a whole lot of other stuff that's not related to that on my on my feed. So um, if you like InfoSec stuff, that's really all that's out there. Um, but, uh, yeah, go ahead and follow that and uh, just keep an eye open. Um, and then individually you can reach out to me as well, uh, send me a direct message or whatever. Uh, if you want on my official groups or my group's official mailing list, be happy to do so, that kind of thing. Awesome. And for those later down the year, uh, if you end up out at Hacker Summer Camp, uh, it looks like Matt and I and uh, the official Micah Brown uh, will be heading out to Hacker Summer Camp this year. So we look forward to seeing you all out there. There's a lot of great stuff. There's the... Um, uh, Diana initiative that is focused on females and younger ladies to uh, help interest them in the cybersecurity world. This year will be year three over at uh, Caesars. You definitely want to check them out. Uh, besides Las Vegas is out there during that same week. Of course, DEF CON uh, later in the week, Black Hat early in the week. So if you want to get your security fill on, that is the place to be in the week to be there. Um, and to be fair, there's some pretty cool parties here and there to uh, fall into. So it's a great week, a lot of learning, stuff your brain, stuff your backpack. Uh, come home and, and tell your company how they're, everybody's getting ready to blow up. You need to change everything and have some fun with that. So <laughs> Matt, as always, buddy, I appreciate you coming on. Looking forward oh, to seeing you Oh, thanks for having me. Since you're, right, you're only right down the road, so i got to see you soon. <laughs> Sounds good. Can't wait. All right, guys. Thanks again. This has been the Bring Your Own Security Radio. I'm Dave. He's Matt. I appreciate you checking in with us this week. Next week, we'll be uh, doing something a little uh, uncommon for this show, and that is actually having a vendor on, which I don't do very often, but this particular vendor is new. They're not actually selling anything. They are still what they call... Um, 
was that incognito or something uh, business. They haven't publicly identified themselves, but the device that they're building is pretty uh, pretty cool. And uh, all these kids are graduates of our local college and are making a very neat thing. So we're going to get them on and talk to them. And uh, they're looking actually for some beta testers. So maybe you could be one of them. Maybe you're not. Anyway, Dave, Matt, bring your own security radio. That's about it. At BYS Radio on Twitter if you want. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week. <laughs>